the people that are going to be resilient and are going to embrace the use of technology and automation will be better off because they will be able to run more efficient businesses and practices. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen, as the announcer mentioned. And um, so happy that you're with us today. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to learn some stuff. And it's all about helping you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. I've got Mitch hanging out in the side in the in the sidelines. Is it sidelines, Mitch? I don't know. Yeah, I guess sidelines. Yeah. yeah, you're on the sidelines. I'm going to bring you into I'm in the, the game. green room. Yeah, you're in the green room. Sidelines. I'm going to bring you into the game, I'm and then it. you're then you're in the game. That's Let's how it'll it. work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have to thank the sponsors. Love the sponsors. We've got Legalese helping me automate my marketing and make sure that I'm coming across like I'm some superstar marketer because you think I'm doing all this stuff and I'm not. They are. They're really helping me out. Content, newsletters, email marketing, you name it. Got Money Penny. If you go to my website and you want to talk to a live human that isn't me, to get to me, that's how you get through to money with through Money Penny. And I'd like to thank them. And of course, Practice Panther helping people with their case management, automation, right? Might be a good segue to talk about where we're going to go today, Mitch. But before we do that, we've got to talk about your quote of the show, which is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. That's so true. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think that everything's really about most of it's between your ears, right? Yeah. I call it's it head really trash. happening. Yeah. It's not really happening. It's, it's, you know, what do they say? This is what happened. And then this is the story around that you make up around what's happening. It's not yeah. happening anymore. So I think a lot of it is uh, that's how I deal with it. My wife is like that. Like there's something that happens and then like is it, oh, oh, <laughs> now, we're gonna, now we're now we're sexist. And <laughs> and so watch yourself, my friend. <laughs> but but I'm just saying as an example that yeah. with my wife, <laughs> I'm not saying this is about all women at all, <laughs> but she has constructed this entire situation that's happened around a comment that somebody oh, yeah. said to her 10 years ago. Doesn't have to be right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's still lamenting on it. I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, she have better. Right. You... Well, we can use the sample of your wife and my wife. We got 100%. So that's pretty. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we figure it out. Um, yeah. By the way, our wives are amazing. And uh, I'm sure, right? Yeah. They're Mine the real, Mine's the best. Real thing Mine's behind the best. what you do, right? But life is a lot about how we react to things. And I think whether there's a recession, I was talking about a recession six to nine months ago. I don't think it's hit. But I think it's still kind of sitting on the fence waiting for whatever's going to happen with a nuclear meltdown or Ukraine or, right. you know, the price of gas or yeah, but what the whatever. Cost of living jump is killing all cost of living. You know, happened, you want to so. build a house or or, or, do, or get your car fixed or anything. It's insane That's, what's going on. Yeah. So how we react to things is really what it's all about. So Mitch Beinhacker is the accidental entrepreneur. You and I had a great conversation prior to this recording. And I'd love for you to share your background, um, you know, your legal background, your personal sure. background leading into this call today. Yeah, sure. I've been practicing a little over 30 years. In that time, I've done mostly estate and business planning. So I'm not a, I'm not a litigator. I don't go to court. 
I mean, you might find me dealing with the courts in a probate matter or, sure. you know, maybe an eviction here and there for a commercial client because I do a fair amount of commercial real estate. But if if that, that probate matter blows up in a litigation, I'm not the guy who handles it. You know, if I have a client, a business client has a commercial issue, it goes to another colleague of mine to handle the litigation. I don't, I can help him draft some of the stuff. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, I'm not the guy who goes into court. I don't have a court calendar I'm running around the courts. You have to do less now. Still, I'm a right. transactional guy. I draft agreements. I form companies. I help people sell their business, buy their business, draft their wills, their trusts, tax planning, and you know, fit it all together. That might sound boring to a lot of people, but that's what that's what I do. And I've I've done that for you know, like I said, uh, more than 30 years now. Goes fast. The Accidental Entrepreneur is my podcast that I started a little bit more than three years ago to really to interview you know, business owners and influencers and people that work in the small business space, startup founders, things like that, to share their knowledge and hopefully help other people get better hold of their business. Because I find that, well, I mean, that's what keeps me in business. People are having trouble with, with their business. So yeah, that's kind of the way the two of them fit together. Okay. And I think that our initial chat was to some degree about how you've been successful using automation and using technology yeah. and what sort of changed in your kind of mind in the last you know 10 or 20 years where lawyers have maybe either more challenges today that automate we'll talk about fixes later but like what are the the things that that lawyers are more challenged by today than maybe ever before yeah well i i think that lawyers in and of themselves are not the most technology technologically savvy group around um, i've learned a lot of this stuff just out of interest myself but we don't have anything, you know, we're, we have to get our CLE, but none of it is on, you know, how do you manage your practice from a technology standpoint? And right. I, I saw over the years as things slowly changed and, you know, companies like Practice Panther, Smokeball, Clio, all these different companies started coming out with these practice management packages that, you know, there's still a lot of attorneys that have AOL email addresses and have, you know, and, and are faxing things and, are, and are, you know, and have a website that is, what I say all the time, like on a highway that nobody's driving down. So they, they really don't, you know, get that stuff. And I don't think a lot of them think that there's a lot of value that we work in local communities. We are stuck in the jurisdictions in which we're admitted, which is a little bit different than any other profession. But I think that a lot of attorneys are really just missing out on the opportunities when it comes to practice management and promotion and running your, your business. And I, you know, I, I used to have a, a practice with more partners and we were employing technology and stuff. And I can't say it was just the older guys trying to get them to use technology. It was, it was the younger guys too. I mean, we have such a, what's the word? I want to say tried and we have such a stiff way of doing business. Like this is the way you do it. You come out of law school, you practice, you do this, you do that. And I don't think that it has to be that way. And I think that you want to run your practice, which is the way I try to do it. To make it easier for customers and clients to do business with you, make it easy for them to interact, easier to get a hold of you. Yeah. Not, you know, an attorney up in a, in a tower where you're difficult. And that's one of the, you know, besides their fees, I think the second complaint about attorneys is, is response time and your ability to get a hold of them. That's like the yeah. number two complaint, which it shouldn't be. Not nowadays with, you know, I, I look, there's an attorney I'm dealing with on a transaction. He's overseas till next week. I think I got a response back to my email in 14 seconds when I checked and said, hey, can we talk this week? He said, no, I'm going to wait till next week. Now, he didn't want to engage me, but he did tell me 
So there's no reason why it should go days for somebody not to get back to you. Right. They're just because they're busy. Right. Right. Well, that's and that that just right. And that's that's hurting an attorney's ability to be successful with their client to retain yeah. and maintain relationships and everything that goes with it. So right. how, how are you then using automation to run your practice, your life more efficiently than before? Yeah. So before the pandemic, so I, I went back out on my own in 2019, summer of 2019, so middle of 2019. Okay. So by the fall, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do? Am I going to join a firm? I'm going to stay on my own. I like the freedom of being on my own. How was I going to do that? What systems was I going to implement? So I don't use a practice management system because a lot of the things that you need on there, I don't necessarily need like calendar management, all that stuff. I'm not going to court. So I haven't found that I needed that as a solo, but I have taken a close look at those things. So I wanted to you know, make things easier so I could work wherever I am, right? And there's a lot of people that are out there talking about virtual practice management and things like that. So as I, as I developed through the end of 2019, I was looking at different systems. What am I going to do? How am I going to interact with clients? Well, once the pandemic hit, I mean, that gave me an advantage that I didn't have before. It forced clients to want to and to be able to deal with you virtually. I have very few clients that come into the office anymore, maybe some of the older estate planning clients. But for the most part, I have business owners that I've never met or met them at the end of the transaction when they need to come in and sign documents. But a lot of them we can e-sign. You know, I have some clients that have New Jersey clients, but they may have a farm upstate. I'm dealing with, I don't think I've ever met them in person. I've met them on Zoom, but I've never really shaken shaken their hand and met them. And, And that changed a lot. So first of all, I automated my calendar. I was never doing that before. I'd go back and forth. When are you available, Steve? You available on Tuesday and Wednesday? When I discovered Calendly, and there are other programs out there, I mean, that probably saved me three or four hours a week. Yeah. So now I would I can- say I, I'm, in, I'm into it too, as you know. And I mean, I'm saving, I would say closer to an hour a day. Yes. Because I was going, I mean, you it's go back and forth. It's, it's crazy. crazy how much time I was spending going back and forth with people. They're not responding. Then I got to follow up and then I got to check in. And right. Oh my so, God. I mean, I've actually had people come back to me and say, well, could we do this date? No, I'm not available. Here's a link to my calendar, pick a date. Well, can we do this date? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like, just you follow the, the rules. I'm giving right. you a rule. Exactly. And, and you know what? That helps me because if you book on my calendar, you get added to my email list and you start to receive information from me about the podcast, about the practice, different things like that. So it's something I don't have to do. In the old days, I would go to a networking event, for example, or I'd be introduced to a new client. I'd have to add them manually to my list, which is fine. I keep a spreadsheet and I'd upload it over time, time and time again. But if it's automated, if I know that you book on my calendar, all those things happen, I've, I've kind of automated uh, reviews too. And I get business because people do a search for attorneys and I come up because I have a lot of reviews on my Google and Avvo and, and different things like that. So that's all been automated too. I have a list. I mean, I do have to take your matter from my pipeline and drop it into closed send out for reviews that I have to do. I haven't been able to automate that, but you know, for the most part, that all happens behind the scenes. So I use that to automate. I use a lot of templates in Google that make it easier for me to do stuff. I schedule things out all the time. I'm constantly doing scheduled emails. I don't send, if I answer an email on the weekend, it doesn't go out till Monday. I schedule it, forget about it. goes out Monday. I don't want people to think that I'm available at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. I don't usually look at my email that anyway. Have, have, you, have you picked up a remarkable two yet? You know about that? Oh, yeah. Here's my remarkable two. You, I was just okay. So, just so, so any, I love I talk, the remarkable, oh, by the way. Okay. 
Anyone yeah. I talk to about automation and they don't have a remarkable two at this point, yeah. I question whether they're really up with Serious it. You know about what it. I mean, yeah. This remarkable two is a game changer. I have yeah, zero paper. Right I've got it right here, man. Look at this. Yeah, I don't have all zero my, paper. All my notes I from do today. Have, I do have a pad here, oh. but. I use it. Yeah, it's great. And and you know what? You can you, you can email yourself the documents. You can yeah. upload it to your site. Everything because I do everything in the cloud through Google. I used to use Office three sixty five, but it's I had a remarkable one, and then the two came out. So for Father's Day, my kids got me the remarkable. Oh, two. That's I nice. I think you can't run a, a practice with uh, without something like that. And I think it's the best. There are a couple of other choices, but I've tried them. I don't. Yeah, I did I the like I, I did the iPad paper. and it was so slick in meaning slippery that the pen Very was hard. slippery. It wasn't my handwriting's already terrible. So I need something that feels like paper. And yes, everything's recorded, put in folders, email yourself. And I think I'm probably only using 10 or 20% of its capabilities. Oh, and I'm sure. and I'm loving it. I know there's more, but yeah, I don't need convert things. It's like things like layering documents and stuff. I don't need all that, but it's it's just uh well, it's remarkable. Yeah. So. There's another product. I forget the name of it. B, I think. Like, forget. There's a. There are alternatives in the marketplace. One or two competitors. Well, how am I going to get good. them as a sponsor if we talk yeah, about other alternatives? Remarkable two, the only way to go. Is remarkable two a sponsor of yours? No. Uh, I'd love. <laughs> I, was, I want to get them on the podcast. Honestly, I was goofing with another podcaster the other day. She also uses remarkable two and talks about it on her show all the time. And I go. This these remarkable two people don't realize that they could be sponsors on all these different shows and get think, all this. I don't business. think it's American made. I think it's is it American? I have no idea. It definitely like comes from like Thailand or something. Okay, well, they might right. have it made there, but yeah, I got, I got, yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to do some research. Podcast, but can do it. So let me ask you this then. So some ways that the automation and the technology has helped you yeah. to be more accessible to prospective clients, clients, et cetera, maybe even help you build some relationship. What? Yes, yeah, so that's what, a good question. Okay. Um, yeah, because when I started out back on my own, I have a lot of, uh, you know, I do get referred, you know, uh, couples just starting out, somebody's starting a new business and, and they really don't need a lot, but they just need a company set up basic operating agreements, things like that. They need a lease drawn up, whatever. And sure, I'm happy to do it, but you know, I do have minimum fees that I charge and so forth. So I set out on the on the journey because I and I'll say this hopefully they're not your sponsor. I hate LegalZoom, Rocket Lawyer, I hate all those services because I think they give people the impression that they could be their own lawyer. And one of the biggest problems that we have in, in the commercial litigation world and commercial business world is that all these misunderstandings, and I didn't say that, you said this, and and I see contracts all the time that are so, you know, lacking in the terms and that, it, that you need in a contract. So if you think you can write a contract, and I've done hundreds and maybe thousands of them over 30 years, good luck, right? You're doing it for one time. So not a big fan of those services. So what I did was I built a section of the website that allows somebody to come in and for half the price that I charge. So you may not be getting a will for as cheap as you do on legal, but I'm yet to see one that's accurate anyway. But for instead of, I charge 2,500 and up for a wills package, living will, healthcare, directive, and power of attorney, husband and wife, right? So for like half of that, I don't remember exactly, but about half of that, you can go on my website, you go on, you prepay it, you get a link to a Google form, you fill out the information, it merges it with 
my documents. I look at them, clean them up, send them to you with signing instructions. Now yeah. there is a, you want to come in and sign, there's a fee for that too. But so it's, it's more than legal zoom, but now you had an attorney review it and you got your documents three to four days, you know, because I don't have to meet with you and go and you put it in, you put all the information in and you file. Now there's a lot of people that don't want to do that. They're like, listen, I don't really understand this. I need an attorney to do yeah. it. So they want to yeah. hire me, but I wanted to make it accessible. I didn't want somebody. Now I have had a few people go, oh, you know, whatever, $1,200, that's too much. I mean, you know, you're protecting your family. I don't know if it's too much, but I said, I don't know what to tell you. Go to LegalZoom. But yeah. I wanted to make that more accessible and easier. To, and I continue to build that out at services. Is that a big part of the future of legal? Because obviously I've had a number of, well, not obviously, but I've had a number of lawyers that, you know, are really into the, you know, um, what's it called? Like, you know, just like pricing, you know, like one price or like, you yeah, know, the way fixed that they fee fix fees yeah. and, and alternative, alternative billing. Sorry, my tongue tied a little bit, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like they've got these packages that make it legal services more affordable and it's not by the hour and the right. traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. I try to avoid hourly billing. I mean, I do it like if I'm doing a business transaction, forget it. I can't, but, figure. Right. but I do sometimes flat fee uh, probate. I'll definitely flat fee document work you know, formations and things like that. There's also, so there's, so there's a big move in the industry to do that. There's definitely a move for people to provide like templates and stuff like that. You can't do that in New Jersey, ironically, but I have a friend who's got a, a place called the contract shop or somebody I know through networking. She doesn't. And she has a, an e-commerce site where you can like download templates for if you're a photographer or you're a, a wedding planner or something like that. So she has this, 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 service camera really do it in New Jersey, but you can do what I do, which is to prepare the actual documents for people yeah. and charge them for it. And also well, if you read about something called limited scope retainers, so what they're doing is, and New Jersey has a white paper on it. So a lot of the states are doing it. They're allowing attorneys to limit the scope of the retainer. So let's say you're suing something, use litigation, right? We all, we both know litigation can be expensive. So if you're suing somebody for Three to five thousand dollars. It can easily cost you more than that in legal fees to sue them. So you right. So you don't do right. That. But under a limited scope retainer, you go to an attorney, and maybe the attorney for I don't know fifteen hundred bucks prepares the documents for you, and you file them, or they make one appearance and they make it clear to the judge. Listen, I was hired on a limited scope retainer. Here's a copy of my retainer, and my job is done here. They're taking over. From me. So there's ways to kind of do a hybrid, and there's a movement in the legal profession to support those types of retainers. Right. As a listener of this podcast, I hope you've learned some valuable lessons when it comes to not just managing your firm, but helping it thrive. Practice Panther, the all-in-one legal practice management software is designed to help you do just that. It has powerful reporting that gives you real-time feedback on the health of your firm and its finances, automated workflows that free up your schedule while keeping your cases on track, and tons of native feature like e-signature and two-way texting that keeps your clients happy and informed. With Practice Panther, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Get a free demo at practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to receive 10% off your first year. Legalese Marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at LegalEaseMarketing.com. 
Hey, Steph, tell everyone what Moneypenny does for law firms. We're the call handling and live chat experts. A Moneypenny receptionist can ensure that your calls are directed to the right person seamlessly, saving you time and money. Steve, did you know that 69% of people don't like to leave a voicemail? I did not know that. That's a lot of business going away right there. Let's cut to the chase. What are you prepared to do for my listeners? We're offering an exclusive two-week free trial. If you're interested in hearing more, you can call me directly on 470-534-8846 and mention that you've heard this ad on Steve's podcast. Very cool. Thanks. I also like the automation of contracts being sent and signed and and, yeah, and arrangements with, with payments, ACH and credit cards. Like I'm using Lawmatics right now, even as a non-lawyer, to automate my scheduling, automate my pipeline, automate my, yeah. my um, newsletters, and also my, you know, how I, how I, you know, set terms for clients. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not taking in checks. I'm not having to go back to people to look for things like it's all done. My right. AR is like nothing. Yeah. And it's all from this automation that's, that's completely taken it off my plate, which is yeah. the best. I mean, I don't really want to, you know, put people out of business, but, you know, when I find a firm and they have, you know, more employees than they have attorneys, there's something wrong with how they're managing the firm. They're just doing it old school. Yeah. You know, you don't need a secretary to answer your phones. I mean, nobody, nobody cares if they call up and they leave a message on my voicemail at work, which, by the way, does not ring through. It always goes to voicemail. And I have a cell phone. My clients, I say, call my cell phone. You're more than welcome to do it. And I've never had that. I don't even use. And I could. I could use like Ruby receptionist or. Well, uh, not Ruby. You mean. What was the one you said? Money Penny. Money Penny. Right. Which I'm going to look at right after I get off of here. (laughs) You you can do automation. You can do a lot of that stuff. Virtual assistants, things like that. I don't even need that. Now, if you want someone to answer your phone, you can use Money Penny. Yeah, money penny. They'll answer okay. your phones. They'll... You don't have to have a full time secretary no. to do it. Now, if no. you need a paralegal, I understand. If you need somebody to manage your calendar, call the court. But even those kind of sure. people will do that stuff for you. You don't need to have the kind of people that you needed before to do all this kind of research. And, and it just, just it's a waste. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah. And what about and, uh, just one more point is like the one that drives me nuts, and we do this with AT and T or any of the big companies, banks is the yeah. is the tree. The phone tree, right? So yeah. press one for this, two for that. I don't even want either one or two. I wanted like a four and then four doesn't exist. Then you hit nice. zero. That does yeah. nothing. It's <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not the way things should be. Right. Well, I think that's what people are afraid of, right? They think auto- they, they equate automation to that. Yeah. It's impersonal and people aren't going to go away. I've never really lost any business because of automation. I might've lost business because somebody called me about a transaction and I didn't get back to them literally within two hours and they hired yeah. another lawyer. Right. That may be a little imp- too impatient for me, but you know, I've never really lost, I've gotten business because of automation, my accessibility, my ability to turn things around. And like you said, I'm just scratching the surface when it comes to you know, the things that I'm, I'm doing from the automation stuff. So let me ask you this, just kind of as a as a follow through on our conversation. Are there things that that you're finding with automation that's that's helping you differentiate yourself from the other estate planners, from the other transactional attorneys, because you are sort of like a high functioning automating attorney? I'm not sure. I don't know if I can give you an honest answer and say yes about that. Okay. I think that's the case. Okay. 
I know that I hold myself out that way. If you look at my website, it talks about, you know, uh, automated digital technology driven. And I don't think that many lawyers are leading that way, but I'm not sure perception wise, if it, if it, I get more business because of the automation I do and the marketing that I do and the podcast and the, and the Google reviews and things like that. I think people come to me. I think they're more than happy to work with me from an automation standpoint. They like that, but I don't know at this point if it's, if it's that much of an advantage over, you know, I mean, people don't have a bad experience with me. I'm sure they deal with other lawyers and it's frustrating and they got to go back and see the lawyer, whatever. Maybe that'll give me an edge at some point. I think people are kind of learning, but it's getting to the point where they expect you to be available on Zoom. They expect you to answer your phone. They expect you to respond to text mess- messages, yeah. you know. But if it's not, you know, the differentiator may not be just like how the clients perceive you or their overall satisfaction, that might be part of the differentiator, but maybe it's more about a differentiator for you as it relates to your marketing, to being a podcaster, to, you know, the technology that that you're using to separate yourself from a standpoint of how efficient you're becoming. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think there's not a lot of perception in terms of attorney skills at the basic level, you know, okay, maybe, you know, if you're going to the top, a state planning attorney in the world, and he charges $1,700 and that Skadden Arps. Sure, he's got a higher level of expertise than me. And if you're you know, part of a multi-billion dollar family office, you probably need his skills. But in terms of me and all the colleagues I know that are local, I, I can't say that they're better or worse than in terms of skill-wise. But in terms of my use of marketing and keeping myself top of mind and staying in touch with people and Offering my services in an easy to you know use way, I think that differentiates me. I think it definitely gives me a leg up, gets me in the door quicker. I think they might choose me sooner than they choose someone else. There's really no other reason to choose an attorney over one of them. Unless you said go to Mitch. Steve said no, Mitch is the guy. Okay. All right. So like crystal ball moment, where do you see things in five or 10 years? Like where do you see all this big rush of technology that's happening in, you know, this legal space had been, I think, a fairly slow moving train. And yeah. now we're on like the speed rail, but five years, 10 years, what do you think is going to change in, 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 uh, in that based on technology automation, things that are happening fast? I don't think it's going to change fast. I think the world is going to change fast. I think the legal profession is going to change slow. We're still on the choo-choo. I do. Well, I, th- I think that... <laughs> I think that the schools aren't promoting that. I think that the bigger law firms are still doing business the old way, corporations, government, things like that. I think a lot of the local guys, if you look at like, you know, the different studies that have been done, the annual attorney surveys and stuff, there's like one and a half million attorneys practicing active in the United States. Okay? I don't know how active, but they're active, right? Out of that group, at least 80% of them are either sole practitioners or an Small firm, a couple of guys probably sharing space together. It's, you know, corporate law, big law, government is a very small percentage of the population. But I, until the, the next generation steps up and, you know, we're talking like to the young guys, maybe the next 10 to 15 years is not, that's the point where the older guys phase out where you're going to start to see, because I don't see, I don't see any of the older returns. I'm 55. So let's say 60 and up. Uh, none of them are adopting technology. Yeah. They're using email reluctantly that, you know, they're doing things. The old, I, I've even had conversations that now I didn't disagree with them because I don't want to get in a fight with them, but I've had disagreements with, with lawyers where we're talking about the pandemic, right? Oh, it's become so efficient now. 
You can work from home. We can get documents done. You jump on Zoom. You handle it. And and I and I have colleagues of mine who are older than me. I've never had this conversation with a younger person where they say, you know, a lot to be said though about you know being in the office and you walk by my office and you go, hey Bob, what do you think of this thing? That is the most inefficient way of running your business or practicing law that I've ever heard of. Nobody benefits from that except the attorneys who get the bill twice on a file, I guess. I have no idea. So I don't want people wandering in my office and saying to me, hey, Mitch, can I pick your brain for a minute? I'm like, yeah, here's the link to my calendar. Schedule a time for <laughs> half an hour. When I'm available, I'm thinking about other things right now. So even the older guys who are getting back to the office, they're like, no, you got to get back to the office. It's a collaborative business. I'm not disagreeing with that. It is a collaborative business, right? You're always better off with one or two legal minds, three, four legal minds than you are with one. So I run things by colleagues too. But it's not an efficient way to do things. You don't need to be next to each other to share. I got colleagues of mine, uh, fractional CFOs, other attorneys, accountants, call me all the time. We have conversations. They know I'm sitting here. Well, not always sitting here, but they know how to find me. We could jump on Zoom and have a conversation together. I don't see these guys unless we want to grab lunch every once in a while. Yeah. So it's just not a, I still see that in the older guard. It's going to be a while until I become the older guard and the guys younger than me become the older guard that the world changes from technology. But, but, in, yeah, in but I think it ultimately might hurt the, you know, the year one to year five attorneys that need the mentorship, that need the camaraderie. I mean, it's like having a sales team and they're never together in a room or they're never talking. Well, that shop. I agree with. My son right? just graduated college in May. He's at a company and he's got to go in four days a week. But he okay. was honest with me. He said, dad, you know, when I go in, there's like three people in the office. Like most <laughs> of the people in the office are not in the training program or virtual. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said for that. I agree. You got to could you know, hurt the culture. Could hurt yeah, the firm that, culture. It's definitely you want to develop attorneys. They're not going to start out of law school on Zoom at home. It's the older yeah. guys that are going to do that. But, you know, between you and me, I don't think they're going back five days a week. So no. you may have, a, a you know, younger people come in Mondays and Fridays. They learn to work during the week with their with their mentors or wherever they're working on Zoom. And, you know, and then they're in the office and they build relationships like that. But they're not going back full time. Yeah. It's just not an efficient way of doing business and living in the world. Well, I think you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I agree. So we're just going to continue to evolve. And I think it goes back to our quote of the show. It's 10% yeah. of what happens to us and 90% how we deal with it. And right now, everybody's dealing with different challenges and also great success from these changes in technology like yeah, Zoom for me. Silver lining. Could you imagine if we didn't have Zoom during the pandemic? We're on the telephone. <sighs> we wouldn't have been able to and connect. That would be, you couldn't connect with 50 people on a conference No, no, call. no. That, that would be bad. Bad. But- I mean, wow, has Zoom, I mean, look, people are getting, you know, Zoom, they're getting like over Zoomed or whatever Zoom it's fatigue, called. Right. Zoom fatigue, thank you. Right. I'm not, meaning I'm, yes, I get exhausted from looking at a screen all day, but I was doing that anyway, right? right. I mean, that was my life anyway. But yeah. the interaction, seeing you, Mitch, and look, I can see you, you can see me, yeah. we can communicate. And I don't need to right. be in a room slapping coffee with you to you know, to, to say that we had a great conversation or that we're, we're talking shop together. It's right. It's all here. And I'm so much more national, international, and it's so freaking efficient, man. Oh I'm my just, God. I mean, I'm I could so, do three podcast episodes on a Friday four sometimes. No, especially because people are coming to my office and now it's just a much better way of, of yeah. operating. And you're right. We we're connecting. We've been on calls before. 
look, if I have some local guys, I haven't seen them in a while. We go, we grab a beer, we have dinner, yeah. we meet a bunch of us, go to some networking events. But for the most part, it used to be where you're on the road. I used to do so much networking that I was like squeezing the business in because it, you know, you, if you couldn't go to like more than three meetings a day, you're on the road. No, it was three to four meetings was a packed day. day. To recover. Yeah. And then yeah. you need to recover the next day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to do that anymore. So I think it's a good time. I think that the people that are going to be resilient and are going to embrace the use of technology and automation will be better off because they will be able to run more efficient businesses and practices and be what the clients, and by the way, the older people are going away and the younger people are moving up. So they're going to be the ones that want to deal with you this way. Yeah. Who's going to want to go with their baby in a stroller and their wife, the husband, to an attorney's office to do their wills when you can just deal with it this way and then they come for one signing meeting? Eventually, yeah. that'll be remote too. We can't do that in New Jersey yet. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of wrapping things up with game changing book. You, the referral of a lifetime, that's been around for a long time. Why is that your your game changing book? I love. I mean, I have a lot of books that I like, but I'm I love the referral of a lifetime. So about fifteen years ago, maybe more, I can't to this day remember who referred it to me. Could be a handful of people that I I. Yes, but it, it opened my eyes to, and I like books that are parables like that, but it, it opened my eyes to the simple concept of putting a system in place that keeps you top of mind because at the end of the day, when it comes to marketing for the local person, not for Coke and Pepsi and IBM and all these Microsoft, right? We build our personal brand, but it's a little bit different. You just want to think and get people to think of you more than they think of other people. They got plenty of time to think of themselves. They're too busy all with everything. But when something comes up and there's a legal issue or an opportunity, something you want to, you want them to say, oh yeah, I just heard from Mitch yesterday. And that the whole story made so much sense to me. Now it's been obviously updated with emails. It's in those days we were sending letters and you know doing it manually. But yeah, I tell young people that if you're starting to practice or you're in sales or you're getting going, get that book. Yeah. You know, I also love Mike McCallowitz's books. I love Bob Berg's books and all that kind of stuff. But read Referral of a Lifetime. It's a, it's a great, it's a great, great book. And it, and it you know, it's, it, it uh, what is it? It goes through the test of time. Yeah. Survives the test. Survives the test of time. And yeah, yeah I mean, anything like that, that's going to help people figure out. And I wrote a book on networking too, called The Attorney's Networking Handbook. And it's, it's so critical to have a system or a process or both whatever to, maneuver through networking because it can for many attorneys be just a huge time suck and yeah. if it isn't done right you're just going to find yourself in unlimited number of zoom meetings or coffee meetings and all this stuff that don't really lead anywhere oh and, they don't because just know. connecting with people isn't enough yeah you want to stay in touch with them and staying right. in touch with them is them seeing your name in an email not even opening it all the time yeah. that's fine but you know when's the last time you heard from mitch i just heard from friday there's a podcast episode that came yeah uh, and I had fallen off that wagon at one point. I, I, it was funny. I had a client call me, a business client. And he says, you know, we're getting along. My wife's pregnant, this and that. We need you to refer us to an estate planning attorney. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> and he goes, no, why? I go, I am an estate planning attorney. He goes, you are? I, now, that was my fault, not his fault. Yeah. So yeah. I rebuilt our whole system. We had fallen off, stained. We were so busy, like you said, new business coming in the door. This, Rebuilt it, never dropped that since then. Because yeah. I always remember that story. And he's a good no. client. He still is. And I did handle the close part. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mitch, awesome, man. And uh, people want to get in touch with you or they want to check out your podcast. Uh, sure. What are the digits? So BeinhackerLaw.com is the website. Mitch at BeinhackerLaw, uh, com is my email. Please, and again, hold me. Find me on LinkedIn as well. Podcast has a page on LinkedIn and Facebook. There is no website right now for the podcast, but it's a page on my branded site, which is being really built anyway. You can just okay. search on any of the directories for the accidental entrepreneur. You might get more than one, but you'll at least get mine. Uh, there's some books out there, some podcasts, but uh, I've been doing this bad. We have about 250 Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm catching up with you. I've got about two, <laughs> 215. But I'm doing go. two. Are you doing one a week? I'm doing posting them or recording them? No, posting. But I, yeah, I put out one every Friday. One every Friday. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to catch up to you. I record like three. Yeah, on I Fridays. Just, I just edited uh, the 236 and I have another okay. 10 or 15 in the can. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's why one of the reasons I moved to two week is I was like, Hey, nice to interview you. Uh, you'll be, you know, this is September. You'll be out in, you know, January. Right. Right now, mid November. Right. Well, right. During, so, the, during, during the pandemic, when I had no clients that weren't doing anything, I was, I was releasing so many episodes. I was interviewing so many people. Yeah. I was twice a week and you were still waiting 90. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Hard. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you, man. This is great stuff. And I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your wisdom, talking to my attorney audience about your story and, and uh, you know, your experiences with automation and technology. I think it's really helpful. Sure. I'm always available if anybody wants to just, you know, pick my brain. Okay. Always love to help Colin. Very cool. Very cool. And we'll have all your digits in the show notes. And hey, everybody, thank you for spending some time with Mitch and I today. Hopefully you got a couple of good takeaways, some good pieces of wisdom that you can use and think about just a couple off the top, you know, is, is just making sure that you're not spinning your wheels, wasting time on things that can be automated. You know, that could be, you know, employees that you don't need, or it could be things like having a remarkable two to just keep track of your notes and, and make sure yeah. that you're, you know, staying organized with stuff. But whatever it is, it's all about helping you be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Thank you, Mitch. We'll talk again soon. And Thanks, thank Steve. You. Yeah. And thank you, everybody. We'll talk again soon. Be safe. Be well. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.